There's always a cost to starting something new. Whether you're off to college, getting married, or even trying to break this coronavirus pandemic, everything in life comes at a cost. In my case, I love to golf. It's a hobby that comes at a price. Before you can play, you need the right clothes, clubs, and a few lessons. And most importantly, lots of patience. Ask anyone who's played the game. You can have the best putt of your life on one hole and watch your ball fly into the water the next. Golf is fun, but it's costly and at times terribly humbling. In the gospel, Jesus urges us to consider the cost of following him. Like learning how to play golf, he lays out the expectations. We must hate our family, renounce all of our possessions, and take up your cross and follow him. Taken at face value, that's not difficult. It's impossible. But we must clarify what Jesus means. In its original context, the verb to hate meant valuing one person or thing over another, meaning Jesus wants to be number one in our lives, never number two. The earliest Christians felt the weight of this command as many were disowned by their families, even killed for choosing to follow the Lord. It's a position some Christians are still put in today. Turkish friend of mine, for example, married a serious Catholic and has since come to believe in Jesus as her Lord as well. But her parents have made it clear if she converts to Christianity, they will disown her. What would you do? Fortunately, most of us don't have to face such a wrenching decision, but putting our faith first still creates tension in our families. How many of us, for example, have a spouse, children, or grandchildren who refuse to go to church? How many have watched their children drift from the faith in college, marry outside of the church, or dabble in other faiths and spiritualities? As parents, you want the absolute best for your children, a safe home, a successful career, a family of their own. How painful it must be when the one thing that matters most, faith, isn't there. Because faith moves us, it inspires us, it creates a sacred space in our hearts where we wrestle with life's most difficult questions. By our very nature, we want to share that experience of faith with others, but we can only do so if another person also believes. As a result, faith can become like politics, a topic we just don't discuss at home or in our social circles because we'd rather keep the peace. But Jesus tells us today we must keep him is number one. 
how then do we reconcile this burden of belief? How do we hand on our faith without burning bridges? Follow Jesus' example. He never imposed himself. He never judged unless he was condemning the religiously arrogant. He welcomed everyone. He allowed people to question, and he loved them regardless of their conclusions. Though he didn't change every heart, Jesus did convince many to follow him because of his example. That's key. The best way to share our faith is to set an example. To love others regardless of another person's race or politics or religion or lack thereof. As Pope Francis said recently, people won't follow Christian parrots, those who talk about the faith but don't actually live it. People are looking for witnesses, reason to believe. They want to see lives transformed by God. Anything but a Christian parrot. Learning how to play golf is tough and expensive, but the expectations are clear. Buy new clothes, buy a set of clubs, and stock up on patience. In a similar way, Christ sets the standard for following him. He must be number one, never number two. And when that decision creates tension in our lives, as it inevitably will, bear the burden patiently. Trusting the Lord never wastes our effort. In Jesus' own words, we who believe, who put God first, are the salt of the earth, the light of the world, anything but Christian parrots.